you have your Bible, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. This is a pivotal moment in the Scriptures when the Israelites are getting ready to move into the promised land and Moses, their leader, isn't getting any younger and he realizes that if everything that the promised land is going to be could be, and if the people of God are going to continue to be the people of God, then he needs to start investing himself in them. Something happens when we go on a walk together. There are times throughout history when world crises have been solved because people have walked together and talked together. We know that as those who follow God, one of the great promises of the gospel is that God walks with us. As we sang about, he walks with us on the mountaintops and in the valleys. There's an old hymn that Many of us perhaps used to sing, and it says, And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Being a Christian means that we walk with God and that God walks with us. But over the next few weeks, I don't just want to talk about that. I want to talk about adding another dynamic to that. And the dynamic is this, that as we walk together as the people of God, we get to walk closer with God. Scripture says that when I become a Christian, Christ lives in me. And when we are walking through life with each other, the Christ in me connects with the Christ in you and walking with God becomes better and richer and stronger and more profound. As I've been thinking about this and as Adamir and I were talking about this the other day, we realized that the church needs to make a statement to one another that whoever, whatever, wherever, whenever, we're going to walk together through it. Because God never abandons anyone. God never shoots the wounded. And because of that, neither should we. We walk with So I was reflecting further on this this week. I realized that so often what happens when we meet someone that we don't like, we don't agree with, that stands for something we don't, that gets in our face, that annoys us, what we want to say is, take a hike. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like that today? (laughs) Take a hike. But the reality is, as people who are called by Jesus to love our enemies, rather than saying, take a hike, with a soft and tender tone, we probably need to say, let's take a walk together. Because when we're walking together, things 
can happen and things can change. Over the next few weeks, I want to talk about some of those things that change and that happen as we walk together. But today, I want to talk about how when we walk together, an investment is made in each other. When we walk together, an investment is made into each other. So Moses knows that pretty soon they're going to go to the promised land. That place flowing with milk and honey that they've been looking forward to. But he knows that the promised land is only going to fulfill the promise if they're walking with God. And if they're walking rightly with each other. But he knows that looking back over his experience, that doesn't come naturally for them. And so he realizes, as he prepares to send them to the promised land, that he himself will not enter. That if the promised land is going to be the promised land, then he needs to make an investment in his people. He needs to invest some of himself in them. But more than that, he needs to invest the truths and the laws and the promises of God to them through him. The first thing that happens when we choose to walk with someone is that we invest instructions. Specifically, we invest the instruction of God. This is what Moses said, chapter 6, verse 1. This is the command, not my command, not what I'd like you to do. This is the command. This is what God wants you to know, the statutes and the ordinances. This isn't a hope. This isn't a dream. This is a command. And when he talks about the statutes and the ordinances, what he's saying is I'm not just going to give you the rules, but I'm going to help you fulfill them as well. I'm going to give you the, the what and the how. I'm going to give you God's law. Because when you've got God's law individually, you'll be able to express it as a nation. How's this nation going to follow God? How are they going to live and work and play and fight the enemy? They're going to need some kind of rules, right? Some kind of command. Rules aren't a bad thing. Rules are a a necessary thing to keep peace, to build prosperity. So the first thing that Moses wants to invest in this walk are the commands of God. And he starts out by saying how they're going to get these commands. The Lord, your God, has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow him. Does that make sense? It starts with God, but it goes to you or to me 
so that it can go to you or them so that you or them can follow him. You see the cycle? I just want to let you know that he is God, but me is you. Does that make sense? You have been given something by him that needs to be invested in someone else. Don't ever think that you've got nothing to give. Don't ever think that your life can't make a difference in someone else's life because it can, because he has given me something to share with you. There are two reasons why this must happen for Moses and this must happen through us. First of all, so that they may fear the Lord your God. This word fear does not mean be afraid of. It means respect. If you don't tell people and love people towards the truth and the commands and the way of life that God offers, then they will lose who God is. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God. It's very interesting. Just jumping ahead a little bit. In the next few verses, he says the command is to love the Lord your God. And he's striking this perfect Bible balance here that we must both fear and love God, that we must love him with respect and with awe and with submission. Do this so that they may fear the Lord all the days of their life by keeping the statutes and commands I am giving you, so that not just you, but your son and your grandson and all the generations to come may have long life. This phrase, long life, doesn't just mean in the Hebrews uh, length. It doesn't mean you're going to live to 120, 150, whatever it is. It's talking about long as being prolonged, as being stretched, as going deeper. He's saying, if you follow, and if your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids and the great-great-grandkids that you will probably never see, if they can follow the commands of the Lord, they will have a richer life. But they're not going to learn to fear the Lord. They're not going to have this richer life unless we invest the instructions and the truth and the commands of God into them. Does that make sense? One of the reasons we must walk through life with people is so that we can grab those teaching moments to instruct in the way and the will of God. Moses continues, verse 3. Listen. He wants to grab their attention. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly 
Because the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Take these instructions seriously. Handle them carefully. Understand that you have a sacred responsibility to invest the instruction of God into one another from him through you to them. Because we're going to this land of milk and honey. We're going to the promised land. Milk is something that they needed. Honey was a luxurious blessing. And God's saying, it's really, really important that you understand these instructions because there's something so, so great ahead. There is something that has all of your needs met. There is a place where blessings on blessings can bestow you. And I think what's happening here in this shift is that Moses is prepared to instruct and invest the instructions, but now he's also trying to invest some inspiration. He's saying, something better ahead. Don't quit now and miss out on what's ahead, what is promised for you. This kind of moment I can see Moses just like digging deep in his soul because he knows that instruction will will change their mind, but he knows that inspiration will grab a hold of their heart. He knows there's all kinds of instructions and commands and regulations to follow, but he wants to speak to their heart. So he says, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff, but let me make it simple for you. Let me make it simple in a way that can grab your heart. He says in verse 4, listen, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. There is one God. Don't get distracted playing around with lesser gods. Don't live a life that tries to please empty gods. The the Lord is one. He's going to keep you together. He doesn't demand a part of your attention or your split attention. He wants all of your attention. The Lord is one. In his uniqueness, he brings unity. To love any other God but that God is empty. Then he continues by saying this verse that we looked at a couple of weeks ago. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These are the words that I'm giving you today, that they may be in your heart. He wants to speak to the heart. He's raising an issue of the heart. Because he knows that most of all, God wants our heart. He knows that if we're going to be obedient, He doesn't need to set up a a checklist where we can check off the rules. He needs to grab our heart and place a desire in them to please God and be obedient that way. 
as he's walking with his people, preparing to make an investment. He says, I'm going to invest instruction, but I'm also going to invest inspiration. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul. When Jesus said it, he added a little bit to it, but that's okay because Jesus can do that. But he's saying, God wants your heart. And if you want to receive God's promise, then you have to give him your heart. When we walk with people, we invest instruction and we invest inspiration, right? Yesterday, I got invited to do this kind of crazy out of my depth thing. I was asked to be part of a documentary that a couple of elite athletes were filming. It was supposed to be one of these raw, vulnerable pieces, but knowing athletes, raw and vulnerable are not necessarily words that are associated with them. And so I was a little nervous about the conversation because I wasn't quite sure why I was there and what I was supposed to do. And we walked into the room and the, the, the camera guy said, hey, can we take a picture of you guys? And I said, yeah, we took the picture. I looked at the picture and realized that I have little understanding of what it means to be an elite athlete. That was a joke. <laughs> so I'm like, Lord, what, what, is, what is my role here? And I realized that I've been walking with these guys for the past few years. And I realized what Moses was investing to his people. And I said, okay, let me, let me road test this. And throughout the conversation, I assumed and took on the mantle that my role was just to instruct, to provide some parameters for the conversation, and to throw in some inspiration. And as I offered instruction and inspiration, it changed the nature of the conversation, and it took it to that raw, vulnerable, deep place. Why? Because instruction gives parameters and inspiration takes us further into the heart. And so Moses is walking with his people and he wants to invest in them and he needs to invest instruction and he needs to invest inspiration. But he knows as well that he needs to tell those who will come after him how to do that. And so he leaves us a picture of how to. He says, this is what you need to do. Repeat these words, this inspiration and instruction to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your household and on your city gates. He's saying it's my job to invest from him through me to you. And I'm going to invest instruction and I'm going to invest inspiration. But how and where am I going to do that? I'm going to do it all the time.
in every opportunity, at every moment, at every twist. This Monday night, I got a message from a friend who's in ministry in Norway. I haven't spoken to him for a long while, but he said, Andy, could you tell me how Jesus is, is working in your life? I want my kids to know. And so we had a little conversation and told him a couple of stories. And he said, that's great. My kids need to hear from you the stories of Jesus. How can we make this a formal thing? And I'm like, well, I'm in America and you're in Norway and we don't know each other and time to, I don't know. And I thought, I'll tell you what, uh, I do this little thing called Moments of Hope, a little story every week. Let me send you the links to that. Maybe you can hit play in your Norwegian home and listen to those. <laughs> and he watched one. He said, no, that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we had a couple of ideas, none of them which were really going to work for him and none of them which were really going to work for me. And I realized why it's not going to really work for me to do that for him is because it's not my responsibility to nurture his kids. He's, he's doing a good job. Don't let me give the wrong impression. But it's his job. And it's my job to model for my kids. And it's your job to model for your kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and on and on and on into generations that we won't see. It is our responsibility. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house. And when you walk along the road, he's saying, you got to take walks with one another. You got to go on walks with people because that's how the information and the inspiration is transferred. I took a walk with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago from Pennsylvania and we were wrapping up the walk and he said, thanks for that. That was the perfect mind trifecta. And I'm like, what? We, we just had a nice walk and you made it weird. <laughs> he says, no, 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 you got to understand this. I was just reading some research that I later found out was from Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who is a neurosurgeon at Grady Hospital in Atlanta. And he said this, taking a brisk walk with a friend to talk about your joys and concerns is a brain trifactor. Moving, socializing, and releasing stress, doing these three things ends up immeasurably detoxing the brain. He said, I used to train on my own. But walking with friends has transformed my brain health. I can see it and I can feel it. And here, thousands of years later, he's saying what Moses was saying. Take a walk with someone. It's good for you. It's good for them. And as we use that walk to instruct and to invest, it's honoring to God as well. We walk with people to instruct and to invest. Repeat it. Talk it. Walk it. 
when you lie down, when you get up, bind this truth as a sign on your hand. You remember, um, you know, we got the little WWJD bracelets. We got all kinds of letters and acronyms, right, wrapped around our wrists, some people do. This was a Jewish practice first, where they had these little wristlets that had scriptures in. He says, put them on your forehead. And some Orthodox Jews still do this today. They write little symbols on their forehead that this truth would, would come into their mind. Put them on your doorpost. He's talking about a mezuzah, which has the, the scriptures written on so that when they walk through the door, the first thing that they will be reminded of is the instruction and the inspiration and the promise of God. You know, I, I have not been a fan ever of the kind of um, marketing of Christianity. I don't know if we have many Christian bookstores now, but I was never a fan. And you'd walk in and see for these crazy prices, these scripture verses written on a piece of wood. But there's a purpose in that. Because it reminds it's ever before us. We, as the people of God, are people who walk with. We walk with to instruct. We walk with to invest. How do we walk? How do we invest? How do we inspire? Everywhere. We're walking. We're talking. We're reminding. We're reaching. It's on our person. It's on our forehead. It's on our doorpost. Remember, remember, remember the difference that God makes and the promise that he has for you. We must be people who commit in deeper ways to walk with each other. Whoever, whenever, wherever, whatever, let's do it together. Because that is what has been modeled to us by the God who walks with us. From him to you to them.